Welcome to Say Hi to Your Pets, the podcast about stuff. My name is Edmund. In this episode, I will be talking about Oppenheimer. Did I like it? Did I hate it? Did I love it? Was I meh on it? We'll find out towards the end of the episode. Folks, I want to um, open the, this episode with a short story, hopefully short. I'm recording this the same day as I'm recording. Oh, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. So here's the short story with somewhat of a moral at the end, hopefully. Um, I needed help with something. Um, I'll stay vague just in case. Not that anyone listens to this. But I needed help with something, and usually I don't ask anyone for help. Usually I really don't. Um, I don't have many close friends, if at all, friends. Um, I have a lot of acquaintances. And I, I don't know, it's it's not even hard for me to reach out. I just don't do it. Um, I, I don't know. So I needed help with something. I reached out to this acquaintance of mine online. I've I have met them in person. And they're nice. And at first they were really helpful and I had a bunch of questions. And they were very helpful and they helped me because they have experience in this field. Um and then the next day I asked I needed further help. And I asked them, like, oh, I, I need help with this. And then they straight up just said, no. And look, I respect it. No, that's not true. I don't respect it. But I'm trying to respect it. And um, and uh, if they had boundaries, then that was it. That was the boundary. They stated their boundary, that, and I should respect it. And I do. So all I said was, no problem. Thank you. That's it. But I, I, I have to acknowledge my feelings, because if I don't, I will go nuts. I'm not speaking with a therapist at the moment. I have in the past. I am taking medication for depression, I think anxiety, but I do suffer from severe depression and anxiety. So this affected me really badly. It already affected my already fragile state of mind and my fragile mental health i just felt my body just heat up just like and look is that a me problem of course of course but i i i don't know what to do i don't know the solution to this like i can't go around life reacting this way every time someone says no to me but maybe this is why i never ask people for help and look i asked my wife for help twice and ah uh, obviously she's my wife we love each other blah 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 but um she helped me and i i understand she is my wife and she's not obligated but she's more likely to help me because She's my wife, so she did help me. But this is not her field at all. Like, at all. 
if this was a sports scenario, it's not. But she's a nurse. She's actually a nurse. So let's say I was a sports aficionado and I I needed help with like my basketball skills. And she's her being a nurse and not caring about basketball at all, she would still help me. And in this scenario, she did help me twice. And she has helped me. Oh, I said that weird. She has helped me and supported me countless times. And I understand she's my wife, but I was hoping to get help from this person who has significant more experience in this field than me. And they just straight up said no. So, again, I understand my she's my wife, but why is my wife so... This is not a good example. I'm not tying this together well, but my wife was, I guess that's why she's my wife. But she jumped at the chance to help me, and it's not her field at all. So I don't, and again, I don't think it's out of line to ask this person for help. And they straight up said no. And in the big scheme of things, that's fine. Everyone has the right to say yes or no, whatever. I'm just peeved, as I guess that's all I say. I, I really, I was in a kind of a dire situation. This, this is all very, very new to me, and I really wanted the help of someone with more experience, and they just straight up said no, and it's upsetting, and it. It just makes me conclude like this is why I this is why I don't talk to other people in general. I always overstep my boundaries somehow one way or another. It always makes me feeling bad. I guarantee you 80 billion percent this person is not giving me a second thought, of course, because that's the way the world works. And there's nothing I can do about it except express it on a one-way street, a one-way conversation on a podcast. I did tell it to my wife, and she's kind of just, I mean, I just texted it to her, and she's just like, oh, like, let it go, leave it alone, it's fine, da-da-da. Um, but let me tell you, if someone comes to you personally, like you personally, for help, all I'm saying is, you know, take it under consideration and try to think that that person is really going on, what's the phrase, going on a ledge? That can't be it. That sounds suicidal. Um, taking a sort of leap of faith like, hey, I'm, I'm being vulnerable here. I need help with this. At least try to help them. And by all means, if, if you really feel that you can't or you don't want to, by all means, you, you can say no. But of course you can say no. Everyone can say no. This person said no. I'm just saying, if a person comes to you vulnerable, needing help, maybe give them a nickel, metaphorically. Um, that's all I have for the short story quote-unquote short. I just passed the eight-minute mark. Um, 
what I was gonna say earlier is I recorded the last episode on paranoia agente earlier today, so I don't really have much to say. I I ha- I was binging Chainsaw Man today. I'm really enjoying it. It's just fun and weird and just a strong standard weird anime, but not weird like Paranoia Agent where you don't understand what's going on. It's just one of those like popcorn animes like oh this is fun kind of dumb entertainment but fun. I'll, I'll perhaps make that into an episode. Um, I can't really look up movie news because that's what I did this morning. Um, Aquaman is first DCEU movie since original to pass huge global box office milestone. You know, when I saw that Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom was coming out to theaters, I... I had to think to myself, did we watch the first Aquaman? And I think I did, but it, again, it it almost didn't register. It's just, I barely remember the first Iron Man. Um, Not really memorable, didn't really affect me in any uh, way. Um... 10 movies based on toys ranked. Playmobil the movie, 2019. I had had no idea this um, existed, but Anya Taylor-Joy was in it. uh, Including uh, Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter? No idea that movie... uh, came out it was a box office bomb making only 16.3 million on a budget of 75 mil why is that number 10 yeah why is that number 10 battleship 2012 never seen it i don't know why rihanna was in it i don't know why aliens factored into the storyline when it should have been just about ships shooting at each other Masters of the Universe, 1987, um, never seen it. I know very little about the Masters of the Universe other than what Joe DeRosa has um, been complaining about on the podcast. I um, I just know nothing about it besides He-Man and Orko. Uh, G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra. For some reason, it's saying it's from 2009 to 2021, even though this is a list of 10 movies based on toys. Um, if that's the first one, I thought it was not great. That was kind of weird, actually. Transformers 2007, director Michael Bay. I I have to admit, I have a weird, um, I like that first Transformers movies. I thought it was funny. I thought Shia LaBeouf was funny in that scene with Megan Fuchs. I was going to say I have a weird soft spot for Michael Bay because I think Armageddon is a really, um, a really good movie. 
maybe not good, but entertaining as fuck. I just, I I love a good disaster movie, and that's, it's just, it's a guilty pleasure for me. Um, so I like that first Transformers movie. I, I think I hated either I hated either the second or the third one. There was one character that I hated so much. And in these Transformers, like that first one, I I wanted Josh Duhamel to die. They would show these humans doing heroic things like jumping out of um on parachutes. I'm like, I I hope they just die. And um they usually don't because they usually get on the land safely and then go let's go with a like american flag hanging in the background or something but um i don't know i i haven't liked any of the sequels but i i did like that first one number 5 kit kittridge an american girl 2008 no idea literally no idea Trolls 2016. Um, I haven't seen any of the Trolls movie. The third film, Trolls Band Together, earned a more lukewarm reception from critics and audiences, perhaps hinting that the Trolls' time under the sun might be at an end. You think so? Clue 1985. Director Jonathan Lynn. I have seen it. It didn't really knock my socks off, but, um, you know, it's fine. Number two, Barbie, Greta Gerwig. If Barbie's number two, let's, let's, let's think for a, uh, a minute on what number one is. Ten movies based on toys, Transformers, Barbie, G.I. Joe, um... Operation Mousetrap. What's a famous toy? Gremlins, Furby. Um, it has to be the famous toy, Stretch Armstrong. I have no idea. Rubik's Cube. Um, so Barbie's number two. Still haven't seen it. You know, I, I asked a co-worker at... I think I mentioned this already. Oh. My brain. Um, I asked a coworker, a female coworker, "What did you do? You want to see Barbie?" And she said, "No." Nope. And then I saw an acquaintance online said the Barbie movie was trash. She's a girl, so I thought that was interesting. Number one, brrr, the Lego Movie. Wouldn't have guessed that in eighty billion years. Um. I like the Batman, like the Lego Batman movie. I thought it was funny. Lego movie, I thought was fine. It didn't, it didn't rock my socks off. Let's just say that. Ten best Jesse Buckley movies. I didn't know that Jesse Buckley has been in ten movies. Let's just go through it quick. Number ten, Fingernails. Nine, The Courier. Uh, I have made a huge mistake. This is not a good idea. Number eight, misbehavior. Number seven, Judy. Number six, men. Number five, beast. Number four, the lost daughter. Number three, I'm thinking of ending things. Number two, wild rose. 
number one women talking i haven't seen any of these those movies i haven't heard of half of them the a24 western that turns the sidekick into the hero don't mess with bill pullman um the ballad of lefty brown okay done with that um Oh boy, Napoleon Dynamite returns to Sundance for 20 year celebration. Dino Napoleon Dynamite came out when I was in college, I think. I think it's hilarious. I can I tried showing it to my wife and she was like, "What is this?" She did she was not into it, but you know, you 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 have to give it a chance to fully appreciate it and she did not. Um, I tried watching the animated series. It's it was not good. It, it just does not translate that kind of. I mean, it's a unique type of humor. It didn't really translate to um uh, an animated series. New film about Mother Cabrini, transformative. Pharrell Williams' Lego movie, piece by piece, about Singer's life. What? Um, my, my fingers are getting numb. I, I think I have a serious health problem. There's nothing I can do. I guess I'll Google gaming news, even though I did it this morning already. Um, boop, 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 doo. The next PlayStation State of Play contents may have just leaked. Um, just give me the, just give it to me. For the following game: Rise of the Ronin, Death Stranding 2, Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth, Sonic Generations Remaster, Silent Hill 2, new Metro Metro game, Judas. Um, Okay. Um, Microsoft cancels new Blizzard video game after I already did this. Wait, no, I didn't. Um, video maker Blizzard canceled. Oh my god, I don't want this offer. No. Where's the X? Fuck you, Bloomberg.com. Um, boo-doo, boo-boo. Rocksteady says it doesn't want Suicide Squad killed the Justice League to feel like a life uh, commitment. Okay. It wasn't worth clicking through. was not worth clicking through. Um, Warner Brothers does not guarantee there will be a Superman game based on new movie. Okay. Gaming experts inspire kids to pursue a career in tech. Well, hold that thought, I would say. Hold that thought. All right, I'm at the about the 20-minute mark, and so far this podcast has been uneventful, and my voice has been especially monotone, so let's just get on with the show, shall we? 
I figure I could do a, a kind of mini run through Christopher Nolan's um, movies. So for do 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 filmography. I think Memento is a masterpiece. Memento came out in two thousand. It, um, I mentioned I'm mentioning it first because I probably went back to see Following after I saw Memento. Perhaps Following I thought was, you know, fine. Um, I don't know. I, I remember there was some sort of twist at the end. I, I, I don't really remember it now that I think about it. Um, he was trying to follow some guy, but it turns out he was, the guy was following him. I, I don't know. I don't really remember. But I do think Memento is a masterpiece. I also started to think why he never really worked with Guy Pierce. Um after that unless he did um i don't think he did um he he might have came back I, I don't know but memento if you have not seen memento i highly recommend it i think it's a masterpiece the storytelling is really unique and interesting i'm sure he didn't originate this kind of weird kind of narrative storytelling but it's really interesting, really thought-provoking, like really to the point where people use the term, oh, like, I know Pat said it once, oh, we're like mementoing our memories. Um, really cool movie. Insomnia. This one didn't really hit for me. Spoiler alert for the movie Insomnia, but um, I, I guess he's haunted. Uh, Al Pacino's haunted by his past because he shot someone. I, I actually forget it. He he killed someone, and he tried to hide the evidence. And then his new partner, played by Hilary Swank, was like, did you do it on purpose? And then he's like, honestly, I don't know anymore. It was, I don't know, it, it didn't really hit. It's weird that you have a, a powerhouse director, Christopher Nolan, after Memento, and then a powerhouse actor... In Al Pacino, and then the movie just kind of didn't hit. Um, written by Hilary Seitz, maybe, maybe, maybe that's why he didn't. He didn't write it. He usually writes. Who wrote Memento? Did he write screenplay by Christopher Nolan? So he's a really good writer, but he didn't write Insomnia. Someone named Hilary Seitz. Uh, Seitz. I'm. I'm not blaming. It on her, I'm just saying. Batman Begins. So I went kind of on a rewatch of the Batman movies a, f a year or so ago. And here's a quick rundown of the Batman movies. I like Batman. I really like Batman Returns. 
more so than Batman. I thought it was really fun and weird and um Michelle Pfeiffer was the highlight of the movie for me. And then Danny DeVito, of course. And it was just a fun, weird take. Um, Batman Forever, I hated. I hated the addition of Robin. I don't like... Uh, what's his... Give me his name, Batman Forever. Um, I don't know why I keep rolling my R's. Chris O'Donnell. I just... I thought his his character was so dumb. And I wanted him to die. I, I think it was Batman Forever when he, he goes up against a bunch of goons. And I was like, I hope the goons beat you up to the point of death. And it didn't happen and I was disappointed. Um, and then... The drop off from Batman Return, I, the bat, the drop off from Batman Returns down to Batman Forever was so steep that it actually made me overrate Batman and Robin because I was like, well, it can't get much worse than Batman Forever. So I actually, I actually re kind of liked Batman and Robin. Just because of how much I hated Batman Forever. I know that's not a good reason to overrate something or to like a movie, but there you have it. Also, it's kind of the same trajectory with um, Aliens. I really loved Alien. It's a slightly different, but I really loved Alien. Didn't really care that much about Aliens. I should rewatch it again. And then I did not like Alien 3. I thought it was really boring. And then I thought Alien Resur Resurrection was... If that's the name of the fourth one. I thought it was kind of fun. Um, where were we? Batman Begins. So after Batman and Robin, there was a hiatus or whatever. So Batman Begins comes out in 2005. I really like Batman Begins. Um... I'm kind of a sucker for an origin story. So this went deep and like I I don't really know what canon anymore. So like when you watch Batman Begins, he's like he's training with the um Ra's al Ghul and the League of Shadows or I'm reading it now Wikipedia. I don't know it off the top of my head, but I'm sure those were in the comics, but I had never seen that in the movies. So I don't know I don't know if it what's canon or not, but I really liked all that stuff and how he obviously when he was a kid and his parents got shot in front of him and he's just this lost, kind of weak, scared little boy. And then he went wandering, he ends up in this place and then he ends up training and you really feel Christian Bale like getting stronger and sharpening his senses and, and training. And I, I liked it a lot. Um, I liked it so much that I started um, The Dark Knight and it it felt kind of slow to me, to be honest. And then I ended, I ended up not finishing The Dark Knight on a rewatch. 
and then I have to rewatch the what is it? The Dark Knight Rises. I haven't seen that. I realize that is now twelve years old. The Dark Knight is what sixteen years old, and Batman Begins is fifteen. 19 years old? Mm. Okay. So I really like Batman Begins. The Prestige, I remember liking a lot. I'm kind of, I'm surprised he squeezed in the Prestige one year. Well, maybe they were made out of order, but Prestige comes out in 2006. One year after Batman Begins. I remember liking the prestige a lot. Pat and Joe on Wheel Sue and Hell did an episode about it. It caused me to purchase the 4K of the prestige. So you can't not call those boys influencers, sadly. Uh, Joe referred to the prestige as Nolan's masterpiece. That may be true. I don't know. I, I have to rewatch it. Um, I like Hackman, Hugh Hackman, Hugh Jackman, Gene Hackman. I'm lost. I like Hugh Jackman. Uh, obviously, he's mostly known for Wolverine, but he played a magician. Actually, I like I like magic and magician. So I like I need to rewatch. I I purchased the 4K and I never watched it. But I have seen it before. The Dark Knight comes out in 2008. Um, very sad what happened to um, Heath Ledger. I, I remember seeing it in the theater. And then there's a scene in The Dark Knight when they roll him out on like a, a makeshift gurney. And he's in a body bag. And then they unzip him. And it's the Joker seemingly dead. And I, rem I remember he had already died in real life. And there was a lady in the audience that went, Oh. <laughs> uh, well, for sure, it's a bummer. And um, Dark Knight, obviously, a great movie. And um, the dog barking... The Dark Knight was marketed with an innovative, interactive viral m campaign that initially focused on countering criticism of Ledger's casting by those who believed he was a poor choice to portray the Joker. Ledger died from an accidental prescription drug overdose in January 2008, leading to widespread interest from the press and public regarding his performance. Um... I mean, th th this is, for those of you who might not have been born in 2008 or maybe were two years old, imagine, you know, like all the Batman movies I just listed, Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, Batman Begins. So you have all these amazing, like, actors and character actors, Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholas, one of those. Michelle Pfeiffer, Danny DeVitz. Um, Val Kilmer. Um, George Clooney. Uh, Jim Carrey. 
Tommy Lee Jones in a weird casting. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> uh, Uma Thurman. And... And then you have Christopher Nolan making these interesting, realistic, gritty movies, interesting takes on the superhero genre. And this is 2008. Before you saw an image, before you saw a trailer, it's hard to imagine now in a world where 2008 was, whatever, 14, 16 years ago. You have to imagine them announcing they just cast the Joker for the Dark Knight after the amazing Batman Begins. Who's going to play the Joker? Oh, really kind of straightforward, soft-spoken, dramatic actor, Heath Ledger. And again, it's hard to imagine now, but at the time, everyone was like, oh my God, they're going to ruin it. What are you talking about? Heath Ledger, the Brit the dude from 10 Things I Hate About You, which I I think that was the first DVD I bought, and it's still a pretty good movie. And then you see the images, and you're like, whoa, wait a minute. Then you see the trailer, and you're like, holy shit, what the fuck? It's going to be dark. And his performance is really great, like amazing. Just like going really deep and creepy and disturbing with the character like what a real gritty you know it's it's not really fair or appropriate to compare joker performances but you can't help it and when you re i rewatched um nichols is it nicholson i think it's nicholson i i for i never get this night nicholson his performance holds up. It was he wasn't the first guy to do it, I don't believe. Um, I think Cesar Romero was before that, but it ho- it holds up to the point where when you see when you hear other jokers laughs, it it makes me think of Nicholson's laugh. And I don't think they're consciously trying to copy, but you can't, I don't, maybe you can't help it. Like you hear Heath Ledger's laugh or even um, Joaquin Phoenix's laugh. I, I can't help but think of Nicholson's laugh. And um, what was I talking about? There's a lot of noise going outside. I, I get paranoid and it makes me want to speak quietly. You know, makes me want to just silence myself. But the Dark Knight is like Heath Ledger was so good. You all, you almost forget that Aaron Eckhart was in it. It's not really Aaron Eckhart's fault. And then Heath Ledger died. So it's like, <laughs> I bet part of Aaron Eckhart when Heath Ledger died, Aaron Eckhart was like, oh boy, you either die a hero or you end up, or you live long enough to become the villain. Well, I fucked that quote up. And then Inception. Inception, this dude was fucking busy, dude. 
In between Batman Begins Dark Knight, he had Prestige. Then in between Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises, he had Inception, which... I want to compare the box offices. Dark Knight had 1.006 billion box office, according to Wikipedia. Dark Knight Rises has 1.085 billion, surpassed. And then Inception had 839 million, which is, which is great considering it's technically technically not uh, technically an original IP even though it's obviously influenced by other things um, I loved Inception when it came out um, I'm trying to think about when I saw it in theaters but I don't remember I don't remember who I saw it with but that movie was huge really really interesting and that was my introduction to Tom Hardy and it's the only time I really loved Tom Hardy Cillian Murphy was also in Inception also Batman Begins I I almost forgot I was going to talk about Oppenheimer Oppenheimer in this episode and Um, I, I really loved Inception. I remember that Dinner for Schmucks came out. And even though I'm a big fan of Steve Carell and Paul Rudd, I was hoping that Inception would still stay at number one, beating out Dinner for Schmucks. Not really an, an interesting tidbit, but there you have it. Um, I love that Christopher Nolan teamed up with Leonardo DiCaprio. DiCaprio doesn't... He usually does dramatic stuff, and this is... He does do dramatic um, uh, work in this movie, but it's a science fiction action movie. And I have to say, Inception went down... A step or two when I when I started seeing it compared to Paprika and the indubitable influences, and I've never seen or heard um, Christopher Nolan mention Paprika. Like, um, while Nolan has not confirmed this, it has also been suggested by many observers that the movie draws heavy inspiration from the 2006 animated film Paprika. I mean, you see these scene, scene comparisons when Joseph Gordon-Levitt is running through the, jumping through that warped hallway. Um, when Ariadne is um, touching the mirror and it breaks and it shatters, it's like stole... <laughs> It's basically stolen from Paprika, so. But I still love Inception. It's a really solid movie, really interesting. And also the the whole thing of, you know, going to sleep and going into an, dreams and into a different world. You know, that's, well, that was Matrix, and Matrix itself was inspired by Ghost in the Shell, etc., etc., etc.,
Um, I'm not sure why they decided to include Man of Steel in this filmography. I know he produced it, and he has a story credit, but he didn't direct it. I, well, I guess, I guess some people do that. Cheerfully withdrawn. I fucked that phrase up. Interstellar, 2014. I saw the trailer, and then I liked the trailer so much, I decided to take my whole family to see it, my parents and my wife. And the, sh- the movie was slow, so slow to the point, like I was paranoid, like, oh, they're not going to like this movie. So I did not like it the first viewing in the theater. And then I think I was driving a long trip and I watched it on my phone and I loved it. Every subsequent viewing of Interstellar I've loved. Again, really epic, ambitious, interesting movie, obviously inspired by 2001. And I like it a lot. Um, Really interesting, bold, like a grand, grand, big, epic movie. Dunkirk, I bought it. I have not seen it. I have just never seen it. Tenet, I did see streaming. I didn't really understand it, um, but I thought it was fine. I'd have to watch it again. And that brings us to Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer is a 2023 epic biographical thriller film written, directed, and co-produced by Christopher Nolan. Thought it was interesting. Thought it was interesting that um, there was no mention of Jonathan Nolan. I, I wonder what that was about. Um, let me see if Jonathan Nolan, um, he wrote Interstellar, and then, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm looking to see if there's some mention why Jonathan Nolan is not listed on any of Christopher Nolan, his brother's recent filmography, I'm not going to find it, but... No mention of Jonathan Nolan on Oppenheimer. I don't know why. It stars Cillian Murphy, a.k.a. Killian Murphy, as J. Robert Oppenheimer. All right. So first off, I just noticed that uh, Rami Malek is listed in the starring. I don't know. He's not starring. He, He has a line or two. I I liked Oppenheimer, but I will say I was lost for about 90 to 95% of the movie. And you might ask, what do you mean lost? How could you be lost? And my reply would be, I don't know. I was just lost. I watched it with my wife. I actually purchased the 4K I texted my brother. I said, should I buy Oppenheimer? And he said, nah, it'll be streaming somewhere eventually, which is true. It will be. And then I was like, I was walking around Target. 
and I realized our target re remodeled recently and I realized that the movie section has been minimalized very small and it, it made me very sad and then I'm like I told my brother you know what I'm gonna buy the Oppenheimer 4k just to support physical media but really it was just an excuse because I want you know I like to buy things and I don't know if I'll ever watch this movie again maybe but it's not really that type of movie I, like I would rewatch a bunch of Christopher Nolan's movies, Inception, Interstellar, um, Prestige, Dark Knight, Batman Begins, Dark Knight Rises. I don't I wouldn't watch this movie anytime soon. So why was I lost? Well, it jumps around the timeline, obviously. And it jumps back and forth like really quickly. And I was like totally lost. Even when they were showing like black and white, it was still confusing. Like black and white probably means past, but how far into the past? And I don't know, but Memento did it. And I wasn't, I think Memento's a masterpiece. I wasn't really lost from Memento, but Nolan does this. He, and I heard that Dunkirk did the same thing. Like the, the water was a, a week. The land was a a day, and the the air was an hour, something like that. Uh, obviously, I'm I'm not smart enough to follow any of that, but so I was already lost. And obviously, if if you're gonna deal with Oppenheimer, you're gonna deal with politics. It just completely went over my head, like in one ear, while out the other. In the middle of the movie, I told my wife like are you getting this she's like i'm kind of lost i'm like i'm lost too so and you might think like how can you be lost it's kind of straightforward telling of the story but it's done in a kind of confusing way and um in the middle of the movie i started thinking cillian murphy is i don't think he's doing this intentionally but he sounds, he sounds exactly like Robin Williams, um, doing a dramatic turn, um, like when Robin Williams was calm. I I don't think he was thinking I should sound like Robin Williams to be Oppenheimer. I just think it's a coincidence. Um, the the most interesting sequence, obviously, the best sequence, obviously, is the um, quote-unquote trinity sequence when they're getting ready to test the um, you know the test the bomb and you can't help like me as a selfish audience member as a fan of movies you can't help but be like I want to see this bomb in action which is a terrible thing to say, but again, as a selfish moviegoer, after putting all this time into the movie, like telling his story of how he gathered this whole team and created this town and built this town and trying to figure out how to make this bomb, you kind of want to see it go off. And 
you do during the testing kind of with all the lights and stuff but they don't show the actual japan bombings which is probably for the best but i'm just i'm just saying from from my own selfish sense like you're kind of disappointed like oh they're not going to show the bombings um let me quickly go through the the some weird casting choices um I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Dane DeHaan. I don't know why or how he gets to keep working. He he just seems like a weird dude. He's he <laughs> He's like that he's like Barry Keoghan except, you know, not as talented. And um, his appearance and his performance in this movie sticks out like a sore thumb. He's, according to Wikipedia, he's supposed to be playing Major General Kenneth Nichols, a U.S. Army officer and the district deputy district engineer of the Manhattan Project. He looks like a child. Especially when he's wearing like the military uniform, he's sitting behind the the desk. He's supposed to be an authority figure, and he looks like a child. His delivery of his lines weren't particularly uh, good. Um, I thought Alden Aiden Arenreich wasn't really good in his role. Kind of weird. It's a stacked cast, like. Emily Blunt was oddly just kind of playing a drunk, kind of playing over the top. I don't know if she was supposed to be a southern accent, but it was like an American accent. It's kind of weird. I don't know what uh, Chris Nolan's infatuation with Matt Damon is, but I I thought his character and his performance in Interstellar were terrible. You have like this... Um, one of the brightest minds that they send to a, a, a planet to see if it's inhabitable and he, he just like destroys everything he's like this weird character in Interstellar and I thought his performance was bad I thought he was fine as Leslie Groves it almost felt like he was doing like a Brad Pitt impression from um, that Tarantino movie I can't think of the name. I just can't. I thought Robert Downey Jr. was good. Iron Man. I liked Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh. Um, I think her character... You call it a character, but it was based on a real person. I thought her character had more of a connection with Oppenheimer than Kitty. But I think that was the point, maybe. I, I like Josh Hartnett in it, actually. He, he plays not a minor role, but um, not a co-starring role, but it, I liked his performance. I, I like to see he's still hanging in there working as opposed to someone like Dane DeHaan. Casey Affleck, <laughs> kind of strange to be in there. Rami Malek, a few lines, I don't know. Kenneth Branagh 
was good in it. I liked him in... Was it Tenet? I think it was Tenet. Benny Safdie doing a ridiculous accent. Jason Clark. And now I'm just listing names from the cast. But it's like a huge cast. Some of these guys had like one line or less. I thought Cillian Murphy was really great in the role. I thought his performance was really good. Like, it's a real weird, interesting juxtaposition that he's has such a calm, serious, gravitas, if that was an adjective, um, demeanor about him. And yet he is named the quote-unquote father of the atomic bomb, bomb, which like decimated hundreds and thousands of lives. Um, I thought it was interesting how Iron Man asked Scarecrow, why didn't you invite Einstein to be part of the Manhattan Project? And Scarecrow and Iron Man said, he's one of the brightest minds of our time, or he is the brightest mind of our time. And then Scarecrow says, he was the brightest mind of his time. And I thought that was an interesting part uh, an, interest, an interesting line because Einstein was a, the brightest mind in his time and I'm going to go ahead and venture to say that there was not um, a war going on when Albert Einstein was at his peak. Um, he died in 55. Um, maybe my point is proven wrong but my point is that Einstein was like a genius and he was brilliant and Oppenheimer was a genius and brilliant but he hit his peak there just happened to be World War II going on at the time and it's interesting to think about like maybe he would have just been known as a, a brilliant scientist and a chemist and a theoretical physicist, blah, blah, blah. But there happened to be World War II going on. And so to put his brilliance to work, he came up with the atomic bomb, which was dropped on Japan and, and killed many, many people. And that's what he's going to be known forever until the end of time. And was he brilliant? Yes, but the movie does explore like, well, it was complicated. His legacy is going to be complicated because it was weird seeing them all cheer. And, you know, the, mo the movie explores like, well, he, he had a, a complicated feelings about it. Like, well, I, I just, I had no decision making on what they would do with it i just you know was putting my brilliance into it basically and um there is kind of a tragedy to it like the last line is like he goes to einstein they show what he says like do you remember when i came to you and said D I, i'm i hope this doesn't destroy the world and it i think it did because this led to the, I, I'm not going to speak further on this because I'm not going to say it right, but it led to the Cold War and all this stuff. Nuclear arms race, because once you create the atomic bomb, others will follow. 
da 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 It's like the person who invented the gun, I guess. Really, uh, it's Christopher Nolan. So he's a good, obviously an amazing director and an amazing filmmaker. And I enjoyed the movie dis- despite being lost. I turn- I asked my wife, did you like Oppenheimer? And she said, yeah. Like, you know that tone. Yeah. And then her follow-up question was, did we finish it? So she ba- she didn't even remember if we finished it. Yes, we did finish it. Um, you know, I might watch this again. Maybe soon. To Maybe it's going to be the interstellar effect where I... Although the first time I watched Interstellar, as I said, I did not like it. Then I ended up loving it. I enjoyed this movie, but this isn't really like a fun watch. It's like a a lot of sad stuff happened to it, and you know what happens. And it's it's interesting and intense, but th- the result is the dropping of a bomb and killing hundreds of thousands of people there's no way around that and um the politics i just i couldn't follow and the time jumps i couldn't follow but interesting movie for sure (laughs) by the way matt damon came on screen and then my wife turns to me and she's like you recognize him and i go yeah and then she goes He's always playing like a like a police officer type role. So she thought he was <laughs> What's his name? Todd from Breaking Bad. Um Jesse Plemons, which I understand the comparison. I completely understand the comparison. But that was not Jesse Plemons. That was Matt Damon. Before I leave, I'm gonna quickly look to see if Chris, if there's any news on what he's working on next. Nope, doesn't say anything. The last stuff is Oppenheimer, and it won a bunch of awards and nominations. And um, I wish my voice wasn't like this. It sounds like I. It sounds like a mixture of I want to die and I'm going to die. That's the tone of my voice. This is my speaking voice. Like, this is it. Technically, I could try to change it, but how do you change the way you speak? Anyway. Um, just a reminder. Uh, take care of yourselves. Thank you for listening. Um If someone comes to you directly for help, think about it for a second and see if there's anything you can do or you might do to help this person. That's all I I can say. Thank you for listening and say hi to your pets for me.